Welcome to Eye on Sterile Prosody. I am so glad you made it here. Okay, so today is going to be a good one. We're going to talk about the best way to look for a sterile processing program. So I have Warmness on here. And Warmness is Isham's subject matter expert for the CRCST certification exam, the CHL, the CIS, and the CER certification exam, right? Okay, not only that, he also has a consulting company. It's called Evolve Sterile Processing LLC. If you go to the website, and that's .com, you go to the website, you'll be able to see their services from consulting, education, competency, management. He has free documents there as well. There's news, there's spotlight information. So make sure you check that out for more information on the products that he have available. So without further ado, let's get right into the program. Okay, again, my name's Warren Nist. Um, I have been sterile processing since 1983. I actually became certified in 1987. Um, I've worked as a technician for seven years before I actually entered man processing, and that was back in uh, around 1990. So I've had about 38 years of experience uh, working in small hospitals, university settings, kind of everything in between. And, you know, and during that time, you know, the sterile processing field has changed a lot. You know, when I started in the field, we were more involved with materials management and supply distribution than we were in, you know, sterilizing instruments. And obviously over that time, uh, healthcare institutions figured out that to get the nurses to be able to do more patient care, they had to get them out of some of these other tasks, especially in the operating room was they were building trays and, and you know, maybe even sterilizing them themselves, if not handing them off to sterile processing. So during that time, I actually also worked as a operating room materials manager uh, for a few years. And eventually I got involved with, uh, with Isham um, and got involved as a president and vice president of uh, a local chapter in New Jersey, which is the Mid-Atlantic Central Service Chapter and got involved with Isham as a uh, board member, uh, as a chapter representative, and, and then eventually became one of their subject matter experts uh, working on the preparation for their certification exams. And we work with Prometric. And currently I am actually still a board member for Isham's uh, foundation at this time as well. Oh, wow. So um, well, I want to give the, the audience a little background on how I found you. I was looking around for still processing schools and I ran into your business. So can you tell us a little bit about your business? Sure. Uh, right now I am the owner and principal uh, consultant for Evolve Sterile Processing Consulting. It's a pretty new business. I started it in uh, 2019. Um, obviously the pandemic has Put a little crimp on that upstart, but things are are certainly looking up as uh, as we move through this pandemic. Um, but you know, it, it is a firm that uh, I developed. I'm gonna be honest with you, more or less out of necessity. Um, working in on the East Coast, where I spent most of my career in the uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia region. Um, moving out to the Midwest, uh, which was a family for, for my wife and I, 
And uh, the healthcare business is quite different where I live, where hospitals are, are quite widely spread out. And there really isn't a lot of sterile processing jobs that are available. So talking uh, to one of the Beyond Clean family, Hank Balch, you know, we got talking about uh, doing some consulting uh, with that group. And he initially connected me with another consulting firm, which was Alpha Consulting. And I did my first consulting uh, back at that time frame and began to work with third parties and realized that, you know, why not with my experience, put my name out there as an individual, as a business. And slowly, you know, it began uh, to take off. So right now it's, it's amazing how much it's heating up. Uh, it's nice to see with the pandemic slowing down, although we're still in fairly critical situations. Um, hospitals are starting to open their doors to third parties again. And uh, my phone's starting to ring more often. And I'm hoping that everybody else who does this as well, there are a lot of consultants out there, are, are getting the same uh, kind of action. Wow. So do you travel all over the United States or are you just in like one geographical location? No, I do travel all over the United States. I, you know, I would say that I stay to the lower 48, but I guess if somebody called me and needed me in Alaska, I'd probably go to Alaska as well, or, or maybe even <laughs> a nice trip to Hawaii. Uh, but, but mostly you know, the contacts are certainly for in the lower 48. Okay. So how could a technician that's interested in being a consultant position themselves to uh, be pretty much an entrepreneur? Well, I would say first, you know, I want to make sure that people learn their craft for sterile processing because, you know, there's a lot more to knowing than just the national guidelines. You know, a lot of people are familiar with the Amy guidelines. However, there are other guidelines as well. There's other organizations, ARM, for example, um, AST, who provide guidelines. In New Jersey, in the region that I worked, uh, New Jersey is extremely tough where that state actually writes the guidelines into their state statutes. Um, but you need to know the guidelines first, and, and you need to know more than just one guideline, because not all of them you know, meet eye to eye. They, they are very similar, um, but you need to know the guidelines. And then I would say, get involved with a local sterile processing chapter and begin to network within your area. So you get to know people, you get to develop that network and have that support system. I, I still talk to people literally all over the United States. Um, if somebody has a question or if I have a question, I got people that I can reach out to and ask and get more information. You know, sterile processing isn't a stagnated profession. The Technology continues to change constantly, whether it's a new uh, sterilizer or a new washer disinfector or new AER. Um, I'm, I'm where I'm at right now, and I'm, I'm working with a, a group out here in Arizona and the new pass-through AER by Medivators, which first time I've ever seen one. I've seen them in trade shows, but I've never got to work with one. That's one of the nice things about doing this is that you get to run into new pieces of equipment, new processes, new ideas. Uh, every hospital is designed differently, whether it's an ambulatory surgery center, even a uh, you know physician office or, or dental facility, they're all built differently. So you've got to be able to have that flexibility and thought and critical thinking that you can come up with the best case scenarios to, to work for them. 
you know, again, within those guidelines and, you know, something else that you need to be able to do is, especially when you're working in different states, is you need to be able to learn how to find those guidelines. And, and certainly, you know, I use Google and it's not extremely difficult, but sometimes it takes a little bit of time to look up, you know, what does Missouri, you know, want from a sterile processing department? What does Arizona want from a sterile processing department? So you need to be able to prepare yourself uh, as you meet different clients. Um, but I would say lastly, if you're just getting into this and you might want to work with a third party to start off with, there are a lot of third party consulting firms as well. I still work with them. Uh, I get work from them. So, you know, it, it helps you get acclimated to doing the interim work because it's very different from going to work, you know, the same place every day, year after year. Uh, you know, you, you get, what I say, acclimated to your own environment. But when you do interim work, you're in different locations. You, you, you have to learn how to travel and travel smart and be able to, you know, again, be more flexible in your financial uh, capabilities, for example, because it's similar. I kind of find it akin to working in real estate. Father worked in real estate for a short period of time, sold houses, and, you know, you don't sell a house every day. And it's the same thing in consulting. You don't have a contract every day. I'm not contracted, you know, um, every day of the year. It comes sometimes it seems more like more lately that it comes in waves where you get a whole bunch of folks that call you and then you don't get a call for a month, maybe two. Um, so, you know, it, it is just a very different style of work. If you've been a traveler, you'll probably be a little bit more familiar with that. If you traveled as a sterile processing technician, there's a lot of that work out there as well. That would help you acclimate to uh, the process. But you need to build that network. You need to get involved with your local chapters. And like I said, I would, again, recommend, you know, if you're new to this, maybe working with a third party first. Okay. Now I want to move on a little bit um, to talk about the schools and actually a few questions about picking schools and the different kind of schools and things that potential students should look out for. But before we get to that, you have a teaching background as well, right? Well, I have taught a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. Most of my teaching experience has been on the job. You know, again, being in management for 30, 30 so years, you know, when you work with new employees, when you work with um, competencies with your staff, it's all part of teaching. One of my previous positions, um, we had 39 offsite locations and we were for making sure that reprocessed items at those sites uh, were competent. So again, we had to develop uh, a tailored education format for those sites. And, you know, that's where a lot of uh, teaching experience comes from. But I did work uh, of mine, you know, teaching at a local uh, state college in New Jersey to run a sterile processing course for a short period of time. And that, again, that's just a little bit different format as well. Uh, that was format. Uh, I know that there's there's quite a few community colleges that are now developing their own programs, and it varies from uh, college to college of what content they, they carry in their program. Some are really strictly 
book, uh, whether they're using CBSVDs or Isham's uh, program and, you know, their, their program materials. But for me, when we looked at the uh, program that we were running, we wanted to provide to the students more information. Um, so we provided, for example, instrument cards uh, that would typically go with Isham's CIS certification because instruments are certainly a key, key role. Knowledge of instruments is a key role for new people coming into the sterile processing field. So for me, it was to make those individuals in my course more employable than just the average person coming out of a course somewhere in my region. Uh, you know, my goal with my business is really to offer free courses uh, to small business like dental businesses because they are just, they're just not represented well and they're not in tune as much as the folks that are working in the sterile processing field uh, currently, you know, that may be going to a national seminar. A lot of the, those people in those businesses um, just aren't aware. And if you look nationally at articles that come news, those small businesses also are the ones that generally have the higher risk issues that have unfortunately contaminated their clients, sometimes up above a thousand clients have, have possibly had instruments used on them that weren't sterilized properly. And through working in that, that previous job um, where we had the offsites, we actually had 50 physician groups as well. So a total of almost 90 business locations. And I, you know, we found a number of issues initially when we started looking into those areas. That's kind of what created uh, the environment at that business uh, to create a plan for these offsite locations. And, and as I got into consulting, you know, using that background um, is where I started to develop how I wanted to run my business. I will say pandemic kicked in and, and my business was very young and is still very young. Um, that did kind of put a crimp on the process because these small businesses have lost tremendous amounts of money. Um, but, you know, it, it is starting to smooth out. Um, it is an area of need in this, in, in our country. Uh, so I'm hoping that that's somewhere that I can, again, help to provide information. And, and in my case, as I said, you know, I'm going to provide uh, free offerings. It, it's it's a, a very small course, if, if you even call it a course, it, it's really more of a meeting. Uh, and if I can have it as a more or less a rolling style to provide different information in each meeting, again, it, it's for me, it's going to be more uh, within my local uh, area to start off with to see how well that that works. Um, but, you know, just there's so much involved in teaching and sterile processing that, uh, as you were saying before, you know, what these students for, there's a lot to look for. So we, we did use the instruments as well as we used interviewing techniques also, you know, to prepare the students to go out into that 400 hours. Um, because as you probably have already learned, if you're, if you're lucky enough, 
with some of these courses to get to 400 hours because that is one of the pitfalls of some of the courses that are being offered is folks who don't have the ability to place you in a site for 400 hours. Um, but it's an interview. It's a 400 hour interview. And that's how directors, how I utilized uh, my connections and my contracts as a multiple contracts with multiple schools uh, when I worked in the Philadelphia area to supply me with students because I had job openings. So, you know, obviously people are going to these courses because they want to become employed. So we want to make them employable. Knowing the basic content certainly is a great, but if you can come in with more knowledge than that, it's even better yet. Um, so that each, you know, I want to make sure my students got jobs. And in that particular course, uh, I everybody that was in our classroom was employed in sterile processing, except for, I believe, one individual who opted to uh, move to another profession and, and go to school for something else after the course was over. And, you know, one thing I will tell you again that we did is we used um, some of the videos, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Envision videos. They partner with Isham for CE education. There's some really nice videos that, that they have out there. We had the, the local college that we worked at uh, purchase those videos as well. We use those videos in our teaching, um, one, because when you have students who have never worked in the field and they've never been in the hospital, and, and most people who are in hospitals aren't even familiar that there is a cell processing department, they were able to watch these videos and it acclimated them to what they were going to be seeing when they got to the hospital. But we actually use those videos in our introduction to our course as well. And, and I can actually say, you know, we lost students that had signed up for the course once they came in and, and, and looked at those videos and decided to opt out of the course. But I would still rather have that happen than somebody get in, spend the money that that some of these colleges and some of these other individuals charge, uh, you know, in the New Jersey area. The average cost can range anywhere from fifteen hundred to three thousand uh, dollars to take a course. And, and so again, spend that money and then decide, of course, this is not for me. I would much rather have them at least have some basic knowledge before they even sign their name to the dotted line and, uh, and decide this is where they want to go. Um, but, it, you know, I, I think we lost about four or five students uh, just by doing that. But th it's the right thing to do. You know, it's make people aware of their surroundings before they do spend their money. I want to jump in real quick because in this part of the conversation, I want you to really think about this. The fact that he mentioned partnering up. When you choose a school, you're partnering up with someone else. So you want to make sure that that person has the same goals and the same values as you as it comes to your education. So look at their background. Are they certified? Where did they get their certification? How long have they been in sterile processing? What's the failure rate? What's the graduation rate? How many people are actually being certified? So, okay, let me stop talking. Let's get back to Warren. Okay. So then how should students that are in a course, they have a course, 
do you have any techniques how they should prepare for the course or how should they go about the course and they're brand new to steroid processing? Well, first I would say if you're somebody who's looking into becoming a steroid processing technician, um, first to choose what school or what individual you want to partner with uh, for your education is I recommend looking for accredited organizations. Uh, some people out there are, are not accredited. Accredited certainly applies accountability on their part. Then to make sure that they do have partners, uh, local hospitals, um, maybe ambulatory surgery centers where they achieve or obtain their hands-on hours, those 400 hours that are required uh, with ISHM uh, to, to become certified. Because I can be honest with you, I, I've run into a number of individuals, and when I say number, I'm talking probably over a hundred in my career now that processing courses and never was able to obtain their hands-on hours, and thus they they basically went to school goal. Um, so make sure that whoever you're going to work with that they can show you the contracts that they have. Uh, or at least tell you where you're going to be able to complete your, your 400 hours. Then on top of that, another requirement, as a contracting facility, hospitals, we require insurance. So we don't just accept individuals walking into our apartment unless they're covered by an insurance plan. Because one, we want to make sure that they're covered in case they get hurt and we don't want to get sued. So... Um, we make sure that they actually are covered with insurance. And, and again, whoever that person is or school, you want to make sure that they have an insurance plan that's going to cover you. Uh, that will really help you and enable you to get your 400 hours. As an individual, there are companies out there that you can purchase your own insurance. Um, and it's not greatly expensive, but if you're paying you know, thousands of dollars to take this course, that should be something that is included as well. Yeah, there are some companies that provide short-term insurance plans. Um, and like I said, they're not, generally they're not really that expensive, but uh, again, if, if I'm paying, you know, $3,000 for a course, uh, part of that course should be, you know, providing me with what I need to become certified because that's what the course is for and making sure that, you know, I can get into the location and, 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 and everything's going to be uh, sort of a safety net for me in case something does happen as well. Uh, unfortunately, you know this, uh, you know, you've been in the field uh, and people that are getting in the field and, and not to scare people, but cell processing is a field that has some inherent dangers to it. Um, so you have to be aware of that. And again, you want to make people aware of that before they start. And that's, you know, before they start taking a course, that's kind of where the Envision video uh, or can be applied as well is you could talk about infection control. You make people understand what they're getting involved in. Uh, it's a, it's a nice field to work in. Um, it, it has a lot of possibilities. Most people get into the field thinking, okay, I'm going to be a sterile processing technician, but you can grow within that field um, and, you know, get into become lead techs, become managers and directors. Uh, it, a large growth potential. And a lot of people aren't even familiar with that when they first take that first course. So it, it is really, truly a profession. It's not just a job.
That's right. Wow, that was a lot of information. I definitely appreciate that. So is there anything I missed, I didn't ask, or anything you want to share before we end? Well, I would say this. You are asking, you know, what would I recommend if you were preparing for your course uh, or your coursework? And, and what I tell the individuals, uh, I'm working with uh, five or six students right now um, at the facility that I'm at to become certified. It's, it's a very new operation. And as I tell them, it's more than just a memorization game. You know, depending on, again, what coursework you're taking, uh, whether it's CBSPDs or even within Isham's environment, again, you can take a course with an individual or with a school, or you can study online as well, or you can literally just buy the books and study at home. Uh, but what you don't want to do and what comes with the course is a manual, usually a manual and a workbook. The workbook usually has quizzes and chapter post-test and what have you. You don't want to make it a memorization game. There are certain things that are more or less memory. Uh, for example, instruments, right? You, it's, it's a flashcard type process. Uh, you need to memorize what the instrument looks like and what the name is and, and where you inspect it and what the parts of the instruments are. But, when it really gets down to understanding the content, it, it's more than just, you know, taking a multiple choice question and, and memorizing the question is this and the answer is that. Uh, one, I will share with you, you know, what you're taking within the workbook or, the, or those quizzes, you're not going to get this exact same question on your test. That question is going to be rewritten. And if you don't understand the content of that question uh, and, and how that answer is applied, then you're likely to fail. If you go out to Isham's website, uh, I don't know if CBSPD offers this or not, uh, but Isham, as you're looking through the certification information, you can drill all the way down to uh, the statistics over the last four or five years. And roughly, uh, you have about 40% of the people that are failing the uh, certification tests. So they're, 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 they're not extremely hard, but they're not, you know, they're not a walk in the park either. And the key really is as you take those quizzes and those questions that you miss, that you go back and not just memorize, oh, the answer is this, that you understand why the answer is the answer. And that's what I tell my students is as you take those, or as you take those quizzes or post-tests and you answer those questions, look at the question and then apply your understanding to the content. You know, what are they asking and why is the answer the answer, not just the answer is A. So that that's what I, I really preach a lot to my students is don't make it a memory game. That is true because I see that on Facebook. A lot of people ask, well, what part of the book should I study or what questions should I be more aware of? And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. You need to understand the concepts behind it all. And you need so to understand true. the whole book. And and I will be honest with you, yeah. that's where the difficulty lies. And this is why people fail the test because there is a lot of content or maybe not a lot, but there are there is some content that is still within the manuals that a lot of soil processing, processing folks will never do for example, materials management. However, it is in the manual because as you travel from a Philadelphia area, which may be more highly technical to a Midwestern small rural hospital, 
there's different job responsibilities. And some of those folks are still doing these other job responsibilities. So they still teach it. Um, so it is harder for individuals uh, that aren't practicing materials management to gain insight into the concepts it, because they've never done them. And it's just, it's just book work for them. So it, it, that does make it certainly tougher. Uh, some of the folks that I'm working with right now are in actually in the dental field. And th again, I, that's why I keep going back to the videos because they're never going to apply some of the same techniques that they're being taught in their particular environment. So we spend a lot of time talking about how to apply those concepts. And again, the videos, if you're a visual learner, the videos really help out. A lot of people are visual learners in this field. At least that's what I find. So the videos really do help out. Um, but, you know, it, you, you have to know the whole book. So anybody ever asked me, and I do get asked that question a lot is, you know, what part should I read? It's the whole book. <laughs> you need to know the whole book. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's a lot of information. I definitely appreciate your time today that you're spending with well, us. Let me mention one other uh, aspect to the certification course, and that is around provisional certification. And when you look yes. at hiring, and as a hiring manager, as I've been, um, provisional can be a very added benefit to looking at an individual because if you're in New Jersey, for example, which requires certification, and now we're gaining ground on that, I think we what five or six states require. So, states, a lot of hospitals require certification. Now I know you have the capability of passing that test because you already have. So that's a much added benefit in an interview process. If I'm looking at two, two individuals, I have somebody who, who hasn't become certified yet, and I have somebody who's provisionally certified. I'm going to lean more towards that person who's provisionally certified because I know that the training I'm going to provide to them is not going to go to waste because they're not, they've already passed the test. I can provide the same education to the other individual, and if later on they can't pass that test, that all goes down the drain. And that can be a lot of hours and a lot of money for the hospital. However, it can still be a very big disadvantage that if you haven't lined up your 400 hours, as we were talking about before, once you get your provisional certification, I believe it's with Isham, it's only six months, you have to acquire those 400 hours. I do know that they have an extension, but that extension is, is not very lenient in the sense that you already have to be employed and, and I can't speak to it directly, but I wanna say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about halfway through, if you're still behind in obtaining those 400 hours, then, um, you know, they'll give you a, a slight extension. But if you don't have those 400 hours lined up, I would not go and take the test and get my provisional certification because you start that clock. And this is where those other individuals I spoke about before, they never got their 400 hours and they lost their certification and they have to spend. And it's just more money and more time. So you, you have to be careful with that. Wow. Okay, because I run into that also on Facebook. I guess I'm a Facebook troll, but there, there were a lot of people out there like, help, they already had um, gotten an extension and they were worried and they were desperate and they were up there in the New York area and they couldn't find anything. Well, right now, and especially right this second with the pandemic, um, 
you might not find any place to actually enter in to do your, your voluntary 400 hours because as even with consultants, uh, they don't like to have third parties in their environment because of the COVID-19 uh, issue. So the, the, again, I can't reiterate, this is something that you really need to make sure before you spend your hard earned money uh, with whomever that will be, that you make sure that there is a contract in place and that right, especially right now, that they are accepting those students. My son who is in the Houston, Texas area, his girlfriend is a, a nursing student and they, you know, so she was, she was with in a, a college environment and they were not allowed to do their, their floor time as well uh, during this pandemic. So, you know, it's not just their processing technicians, you know, it's, it's nursing, it's anybody who's, who's going to be in the hospital environment as a student right now very few are being allowed into those, into those avenues. And um, it, it's just, again, it's critical, especially if you're, if you're going to take on a provisional certification. Well, I'm glad you made it all the way to the end of this podcast. Wasn't that some good information? Okay. Now this is what I need you to do. Share this information with someone else who may need it. Share it on Facebook, share it on all your social media outlets, because if you don't need the information, definitely somebody else is going to need this information. So until next time, peace.